What's up, yoga family? It's that time again for another brand new episode of The Yogi Show. Let's get right down to it today with our amazing guest, Mr. Brian Kest, the man who coined the term power yoga. Brian is one of the funniest, raw, real, and inspiring yoga teachers on the planet. Get ready to laugh and lighten up, my friends. We will see you on the other side. All right, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to the show, Mr. Brian Kest. What a pleasure. Thank you for being here, man. Wow, Appreciate thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Honor and pleasure. Absolutely, Absolutely man. What a, what an amazing thing. I know Yogi Brian, this is like this is like your hero, man, we're talking to right now. Yeah. Brian, you are my hero. I went and took a class a year ago at the sweatshop here in Phoenix. And you were hilarious. Like it was a great talk. It was a master class. You did the hour talk, hour and a half talk. Great talk. And then I was dying in your class. I was laughing so hard. I was like in tears. So funny. <laughs> well, good to hear, man. I mean, laughter is healing, right? It is. It is. Dude, that's the truth, man. That's why, you know, that's why we make these memes on the internet, these funny yoga memes and these jokes. And, you know, we just try to keep it light. And like, that's the whole premise behind the Yogi Show is to bring uh, yoga, mindfulness and gratitude with a touch of humor to the community. And uh, I don't think there's like any better guest than Mr. Brian Kest for that. I don't think so. I think we got the guy. Good. Well, you know, you need a little humor. I mean, some people have this wrong idea that, um, you know, uh, you know, yoga, you need to be incredibly serious. And um, although you do want really intense focus when you're practicing, um, you know, intense focus doesn't bar levity. And some people, they, they forget about that. So true. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, one of my one of my mottos, like just for my own practice is like, it's just fucking yoga. And it, but it's a paradox. It's like I take my yoga serious. I take my yoga practice seriously. But I have to tell myself daily, like, hey, I have to like have fun. I have to laugh. Like, it's not a competition. I used to play competitive golf, and like, my whole childhood, my whole adolescence was all competitive. And then I brought that stuff to yoga. And when I took your class, like, it was just such an eye-opening experience because I think you said something like, you can make yoga shit. You can bring all that stuff to yoga and make it shit. No doubt, man. You can bring your shit to yoga and turn yoga into shit. Matter of fact, <laughs> that's probably what happens like 90% of the time, you know, because, you know, most people aren't looking for their shit. They're too busy trying to do the pose correctly. Right? Um, yeah. Which is basically more of their shit, but they don't realize it. <laughs> I know. That's the whole, that's the whole thing behind it, man. And that's like, that's for me, uh, you know, as a, as a practitioner and a teacher, it's like, how do we get people like out of that shitty men? Like when they walk in to leave their like shit at the door, work through their shit, but using their breath and the poses, it's not about the pose. It's about the intention behind the pose. And I'm sure you preach that too, Brian. In your yeah. I mean, it's, uh, that's, yeah, you, that, that's almost my exact words. You know, it's, it's really not about the pose. Um, it's about the, the mind behind the pose because you know what, uh, um, the pose is just, uh, you know, the pose is always changing, you know, it's like, cause your body's always changing. So it can't really be about like how the pose is because you don't really know how the pose is supposed to be until you quiet your mind and you feel the response you're getting from your body in the pose. And then you, you discover the pose, right. And that discovery practice happens because, 
you know, your mind is quiet and observing, right? So if you make it about the pose, then, uh, you know, you might not be honoring what your needs are actually because your needs might be different than what you think the pose should be. Exactly, exactly. I love the, the way that you articulated that is so... Uh, like so on point. I mean, that's that's it. Like that's like the whole premise of yoga. You know what I mean? That's like the whole thing. It's like being yep. aware. You know, just waking up, being aware. Yeah. Well, this, so. you're getting forty years of experience, and you know, and in, there we go. In, in that, there's been a load of mistakes. You know, so you know you you learn, you learn, you learn. I started off, you know, really physical. You know, it was all about the pose, and you know, and you know, I I've learned. You know, I I broke myself many times, and I, I realized that the effects are really superficial. You know, like how does, you know, how does touching your legs to your head help your relationship with your father? Right. I'm uh, not sure. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> you know, yeah. Relationship with your wife, but I don't know about your father. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and how does loose hamstrings, you know, heal relationships and solve problems? You know, I mean, if you make this about your body, it's so fucking limited. It's so true. And yep. it's even detrimental. You know, we can get into that later if you want. But um, go on, shoot. Yep. I'm, I'm ready for that shoot. Time. Yeah, <laughs> we're ready for the comedy hour. Here we go, man. You know, but you said you've been doing it for 40 years. I mean, 40 oh, years of experience. Shit. That's a lot of experience. You know what I mean? So, like, so I know, like, I feel like everybody with the last name Kest does yoga. Like, everybody's doing yoga if your last name is Kest. Is it, like, growing up, is that, like, the roots of the Kest genes is yoga? Or were you the starting point for the yoga of the Kest genes? My my dad was actually the starting point. I mean, we we, you know... Basically, we started at the same time, but he was he was the impetus. Um, he had got into it from uh, he was he was a surgeon and um, he had a bad back and you know the, the medical community wasn't remedying the situation, so he was looking elsewhere. He came across yoga, and um, it, when he did it, it, it had such an amazing effect on him. He wanted his kids to do it, so you know, that's how it started. He, he basically forced me to do it. He said, do yoga, or get out of the house. So <laughs> that was, my and, um, it wasn't long afterwards that, um, um, you know, he made my other brother start to do it. And, um, one of those other brothers, Johnny, who lives in Michigan, um, uh, also has continued the practice. And now Johnny's son, Jonah, um, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, he's a big, you know, th- these kids these days with this Instagram, Gosh, yeah. he's probably, he's probably got his name out there more than anybody due to that, that social media stuff. Um, yep. and, um, and now my son, my 14 year old son's got his own yoga, um, YouTube site, you know, Mateo cast. So, uh, yeah, the, ah, you know what they say, everybody's the doing fruit it. doesn't fall far from the tree. So the kids are picking up on it. Absolutely, man. And you know what's so interesting? You said your son's name is Mateo Kest. I have a two-year-old son, and my son's name is Mateo. Oh. I ain't never met anybody else with a son named Mateo either. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got two Brian's on the call, and then you have a son named Mateo, just like me. How like what are the chances of all this happening? Dude, that's pretty rare, man. But you picked a great name. Gosh, do we just become yeah. best friends? <laughs> BFFs right here. I think we're I, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember, like I, my, you know, like if I saw you, Brian, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd remember your face, you know, because I don't forget faces. And if you were in that class in Phoenix, which was a, a great class, that was really fun, great energy in there. Um, I'd probably remember your face. I have the most. I probably have the most tattoos in that class. Oh, were you in the back? I, a beard, tattoos. I was more towards maybe middle. 
Okay. But yeah. All right. Yeah. If you saw Yogi Brian, uh, you wouldn't. You can't mistake that guy. The beard is unprecedented. I'm, I'm, I'm a little like no scary other. looking, but I'm I'm really a teddy bear. I'm really a teddy bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brian, how did you name your son Mateo? Was it was it named after something specifically, or just like a power name? What was your thoughts behind that? Just you know, I was in a Spanish class, like uh, I don't know, like ten years ago, and there was a guy named Matthew in the class, and the Spanish teacher told him his. Uh, his Spanish name is Mateo. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of Matthew, but when I heard Mateo, I was like, that's got to be the sweetest name I've ever heard. It's like, it's long, yeah. it's smooth. So smooth. You know, it's, it's, it's gentle, but, 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 but firm. You know, that, that name is like, you know, it's, it's hard to beat that name for me. Yeah. I'm, trust me, I'm with you. You know, my my wife, uh, Summer, and I picked that name. And uh, I don't even know how, again, I don't even know how it came about. Like, she was practicing Spanish. I'm from uh, Mexican. And I just said, uh, you know, our other two kids have the first letter named uh, with M. And then we're like, okay, we're sticking with M. Let's go. Let's, how about Matthew, but Spanish. And then, boom, there it was, you know. Yeah. So well, thank you for sharing that. Bro. I was married to a Mexican at that time, too. Even Melissa's half Mexican. So, you know, these are Italian yeah. and Mexican names. So my second, my new, I have a two-year-old right now. And, uh, oh, oh nice. congratulations. Congrats. You're in the, you're in the, you're in the fucking fire too. Welcome. Oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Four kids now. Jeez. That's probably a lot of Ujjayi pranayama going on. Oh, just, the crazy thing. Yoga has never been more necessary and I've never had less time to do yoga. <laughs> Oh my God, that's the, that is the premise of my whole life right there. You just literally spit my whole life out in this moment. <laughs> you gotta make time for it, dude. You gotta make yeah. time. I know. 5 a.m. 5 a.m. is when my wife and I are going. 5 a.m. That's when we practice. That's when we do our stuff. Respect to you for that. Yeah, that's it, man. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's been a great experience. Like, you know, children and growing up and family, like I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know. It's taught me so much more about life and living in the moment because those moments go by so fast. They're you blink and they're gone. As you know, I mean you have Mateo who's fourteen, so you know how fast it goes. You know, and Brian, you got a ten year old when is there's no ten? There's nine. I I got a little yogi. Um he's gonna turn nine this Saturday. I take him I, I basically, you know, bring him everywhere, yoga with me and I kinda make him do it. I'm like you can either do some chores or you can come with me and do yoga. So he uh, he opts for the yoga <laughs> instead of the chores. And and I hope it helps that's a way to, yeah, that's one way to get them to, to witness it. You know I mean? It's like, as soon as, if they see it, you know, if they see it, listen, the, there's an old saying that says your children will never listen to you, but they'll always become you. Oh yeah. That's mm. one point. That is, yeah, that's... <laughs> you know, and it's such a great saying because, you know, I mean, you know, if, you know, if all we want as parents is for our kids to be healthy and happy, you know, and, if you really want them to be healthy and happy, then the best way for that is for you to find it yourself because they're going to copy you. So yep. true. You know, watching. If they're seeing this stuff, you know, I mean, most likely it's going to affect them and, and, uh, and they're going to, they're going to partake themselves. I got a nine year old myself, so I, I get it. Oh, so I yeah, get you get it. it. You get does it. he play, does yeah. he play you video games? It, does yeah. he play Fortnite at all? By the way? Oh, uh, well, they, they, they don't play. They were, the other ones were into, you know, a couple, it was a couple years back, but back then it was Minecraft. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. We know about that. Everybody's in the Fortnite, but I don't, I don't, um, I don't let my, I don't let them indulge in that stuff until they're 12 years old. So she's got, it's a girl. She's got like okay. two more years to go. 
Okay. Pro- probably virtual like reality that, or something then in a couple of years. Yeah, it'll, it'll be something, yeah, it'll be something crazier by then, you know, but I respect yeah, that, I respect Brian, that for, for sure, sure, man. And it's hard, it's difficult, you know, I mean, the, the you know, you, in the one sense, you're feeling like you're holding them back because, you know, technology is the future and you want them to be, you know, really adept at it. And at the same time, you know, you realize that, you know, technology is, is it, it's, it's over the top, you know, and, and us parents, Oof. like, you know, you know, we can rely on history to some degree when it comes to most things. But when it comes to technology, we have nothing to fall back on. There's no precedent, right? So we, you guys, me and you, like us, our generation of parents, like we're trying to figure this shit out. Like what do we allow our kids to do? What's good and what's not good because nobody knows. It's so true. Nope. And this no. This stuff's screwing, you know, they, you know, childhood suicide rates are higher than ever. The social media is screwing these kids up. So figuring out boundaries, you know, is, listen, if you guys figure it out, just let me know because it's like, <laughs> what do we do with this stuff, right. man? Right. And I've, I've watched like all, pretty much all your YouTube interviews and just, yeah, you know, I, I just like your whole mentality. I mean, I mean, you've been doing it for 40 years, so you've, you've, you've gone through it. You've gone through the struggles. And one thing I heard that you say quite a bit is just like balance and moderation, you know? And I think you said something about social media on a YouTube interview that I watched. It's like technology is good, but at the same time, like it needs moderation, needs balance, just like everything else. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, it's, you know, I'm trying to figure out some, some uh, social media guidelines and, and rules just for my own family, you know, like just how much they can watch and, and how much they can partake in. But you're, you know, yeah, again, keeping them away from it. I don't know how good that is. Um, they're just going to do it anyways when you're not looking and, um, and it is the future, but at the same time, too much can be harmful. Hey dude, it's the same thing with food, right? It's right. the same with anything. Yeah. And I've noticed with your page on your Instagram, you've been posting more and you have uh, power yoga. It's online. You're doing online classes. If you want to elaborate yeah. on that. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it's the, it's the future and um, you know, that's right. Changing of times. Yeah. When I, when I first, the internet, I can't remember when it was, it must've been like 2001, 2002. I'm not quite sure um, when the internet became the internet you know but i remember way back then you know my thought was is is that you know people are going to be people are going to be doing this at home they're going to be doing this on you know they're going to put a yoga mat in front of their television it's going to be on the screen and um they're going to be doing classes and um it's going to be amazing because and it's it's even more amazing than i ever could have thought of because you know number one I don't know where you guys live, but it, in, in, I mean, one of you, Brian, you must live in Arizona, but dude, the, the traffic, it, you know, getting to a yoga class um, and then getting, doing the class and getting home for some people, that could be like a, almost a four hour adventure. Jeez. Right. Yep. Exactly. And, 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 you know, so it's so convenient to do it at home. And then, you know, you got 10 minute classes and 20 minute classes and 30 minute classes and 45 minute classes as a parent. Like to be able to to pop yeah. on to be able to pop on to your favorite teacher at any time you want for the length of time that you want, and really get a valid yoga class, and you get every benefit of being in the class other than 
possibly the group energy. Um, right. You know, it, it's just it's it's become even more amazing than than I thought. And um, yeah, I'm happy that I jumped on it, and and I'm happy that um, people are liking it. You know, the feedback's been amazing. Those of you guys listening out there, poweryoga.com. Yeah, check it out. And the and the check great thing out. with with check the internet out. also is it's twenty four seven. If you're working a night shift or no matter what time you're working, where you're going, you can just pop on. I, I heard you say something that's like as long as you just do some sort of yoga or you know, ten minutes, twenty minutes, you know, you don't have to do an hour class, you know, get into the hang of it, you know, maybe do twenty, thirty minutes, jump online. It- poweryoga.com check it out listen it's i used to i was like uh you know like i said i've learned a lot in 40 years you know and i was i was originally probably um pretty dogmatic you know when it came to anything i believed in um you know pretty rigid about it and um you know i was originally like you know uh, a little bit you know kind of negative towards uh, the shorter classes um because I was so dogmatic and thinking, you know, it had to be a certain way. But what I realized is, is, and I've done it myself is, dude, if you can do, if you can slip into your yoga practice, you know, you can close that door and you can start breathing and moving for 20 minutes. It's, it's so much better than nothing. Right. <laughs> so much, yeah. Might not so be like better. you might not be able to touch everything. It might not be quite as deep as a longer class, but first of all, it'll help you maintain everything that you've already achieved, right? So it's it's like you're you're you know it's like you're maintaining you know all your past effort, and it it gives you something that you wouldn't have if you didn't do that twenty minutes. It puts you in a better place. No, so so true, and and it's like. Say if you only have time for 10 minutes, maybe you sit down, maybe you throw it on online and you're getting into it for that 10 minutes. You're feeling good. You might do 20 minutes. You might do an hour, but it's just like showing up, getting there is the toughest part. And especially with traffic, you know, you're it's at home. You can turn on the TV, turn on the internet there. Maybe you say, I'm going to do 10 minutes for a few days, for a week or two, and then you develop a practice that way, and then you're doing it for an hour. Well, yeah, show that's, up. that's another huge valid point I wasn't even talking about that. I was just talking about, like, if you only have 20 minutes. Yeah, then for yeah, that day. This will work for you. You know, don't think that 20 minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes isn't enough. But, Brian, was that Brian? What you just said was also yeah. – really 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 important because a lot of people are intimidated by an hour and a half class and if you say yeah me if you say to yourself fuck the hour and a half class i'm I'm just gonna do 10 minutes what brian just said is true once you break through that initial resistance after 10 minutes nine times out of 10 you're gonna be like i can go longer yes it's, it's so true. It's so true. We, we, Pedro and I have this thing that we're like, we heard it on like a Tim Ferriss podcast. It's, it was about procrastination. It was yeah. like, just commit to two shitty pages of writing a day. And those two shitty pages will turn into 10, maybe 30. Maybe you'll have like, you know, awesome writing, or maybe you'll just write two shitty pages. So we, we always say that. And, and comes to yoga too it's like dude maybe it's just two shitty minutes of yoga but that turns into 10 minutes exactly because once you get yeah. there matt you know and and you start to move a little bit uh 
yeah, a lot of nine times out of ten, it'll turn into way more than uh, than you thought. And then when you take, you know, you take, we were talking about it earlier. You take the 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 you you mentioned the word moderation, um, and, and you could call it that. I you could also use the word gentleness. Either way, it's basically, you know, you could use both of those words there. But you take that approach, you know, where. You know, because when you come to yoga with this old fitness mentality, which is basically no pain, no gain, you know, uh, Jane Fonda, it's a it's a really intimidating thing, you know, because but when you go in there and, and you're gentle, man, this shit actually feels good. Then, you know, it's easier to stay longer than 10 minutes because you're not putting all this pressure on yourself of, you know, how far in the pose you got to go, how the pose should look. You're just you're just kind of you're being gentle, man. And it. It feels good. Yeah, it just feels damn good, man. And that's the whole point is it just like like finding what feels good for you in your practice. And that's the advice I give to all like students or, you know, it, the listeners out there that are like aspiring uh, yoga students that are looking to get into more of like, uh, you know, more challenging practice, let's call it. Let's say they're going to a basic Hatha class and like, oh, that vinyasa looks on the schedule, but that looks hard. Or, you know, maybe they go to vinyasa and then there's like a, you know, vinyasa two and they're like, oh man, and intimidated, you know? Just show up as yourself, like show up in your practice for wherever you're at and allow the yoga to meet you where you are. You know, don't try to be somebody you're not. Let it be like, let the yoga meet you where you, uh, where you are in your practice. And then maybe try to step outside your comfort zone and extend the time or extend uh, the style of practice that you're doing and push the limits of your comfort zone. That's where those little breakthroughs happen. You know what I mean? That's where it happens. And I'm sure you've seen that in all the power yoga you've done around the world. You've pushed these people to the limit. Oh, you, you know, that's the going mentality of people yeah. just getting pushed to their limit. It, it, it's, it is the, it's the fit. I don't know. Did you guys, I mean, I got, I have this one blog, this one blog called um, Western fitness absurdity. Mm, I haven't read it. Tell us about it. it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just basically that. I mean, you know, it, it's just, yeah. listen, there, you know, like you could, it's, 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 it's so challenging even to, um, to, to, to see how the, the fitness mentality is going. Anybody paying attention to their life, um, right? Which is basically, you could say, the goal of yoga: awareness. Like, just pay attention to your damn life. But when you're so yes. when you're so indoctrinated with a message, you end up seeing the message instead of actually seeing what's in front of your eyes. And the message is yeah. no pain, no gain, right? But the truth is no pain, no injury. And the bottom line is, is anything, you know, anything you've seen in your entire life has taught you the harder you are in anything, the faster you destroy it. There's nothing on earth that's outside of that law. So if you want to last as long as possible and you want to feel as good as possible, the last thing on earth you'd ever want to do is push your body hard. It's just nuts, right? I mean, because what you're doing is is you're destroying it. But you know what? There's no way if you don't if you're gentle in your yoga practice, there's no way you're going to get yourself in that Lululemon outfit two sizes too small. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you'd have more dominated by your wisdom than your vanity, you know, and that's not easy in a society that doesn't support that. You're you know. Right. You're constantly being given this me- these messages since the time you could open your eyes of, you know, how a man should look, how a woman should look, right? And then people, they spend the rest of their life playing out that program and they're not even aware of it. And they're making themselves sick, trying to look pretty, right? And that's what 
yeah. and by bringing their shit into yoga and turning yoga into shit. Yeah. You know, you have to bring a filter on it into yeah. yoga. Everybody brings their shit into yoga, but the question is: Are you disempowering it or are you empowering it? And most people are empowering it because they're not looking for their shit. They're too busy trying to do triangle pose correctly. And they're not even right. able to do it correctly. I mean, it's all a bunch of fucking mess. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's so true. I So when I came to your class last September, my yoga was shit. And I didn't even know it. And when I got to your your master class. I'm like, okay, it's power yoga. It's a three hour class. Like I'm going to be doing yoga for three hours. I mean, I didn't, I didn't read too much into it. I, I heard your name and I heard power yoga and you, you even talked about the, the power yoga name. But uh, so with your talk for that hour, I'm like, holy shit, my yoga is shit. Like I'm, I'm doing it for my body. And you mentioned, like you mentioned Vipassana, you mentioned meditation and you mentioned like walking is a gentle exercise and that's a really good exercise compared like yoga is a great exercise. It gets your whole nook and crannies of your body. You were saying walking's good too, but yoga, it's the intention behind the practice. It, it was so powerful for me. I started a meditation practice shortly after Beautiful. and, and I've continued that. Hey, you guys, if you Google healthiest exercise on earth, number one comes up as walking, walking. and number two, I mean, I mean, the, the truth is, is, you know, I mean, if you really want to, it's hard for people to hear, you know, I mean, we're so physically orientated, you know, but the truth is, is the body doesn't really need that much, you know, I mean, and now they're telling us 90 to 95% of all physical disease, like, if you're really honest about health, I mean, don't even worry about your body, you know, start, look, start looking at your mind state. And well, that's yeah. why every great person that walked on the planet from Jesus to Buddha to Mother Teresa to Gandhi to Martin Luther King, none of them ever said, stick your legs behind your head. No, not you a know, but, but, but every single one of them said, try to develop the benevolent qualities of your mind, right? I mean, Jesus talked about non-judgment and Buddha moderation and Martin Luther King equality and Mother Teresa compassion. You know, these people are the greatest people because they cared about us more than anybody's ever cared about us. And this is what they said, you know, and then we put them on a pedestal. Right. But it's like we discard their message in our life. And if, you know, any of your listeners out there think the goal of yoga is any different than what these great people had taught then, you know, you got another thought coming. So true. I don't think I've seen like Buddha, Jesus, Mother Teresa do a pinch of my asana. Hey, no, <laughs> I mean, you know, it never happened. No, I mean, Mother, you didn't see a picture of her in a yoga pose. I mean, Jesus didn't have all four nails over his head, did he? No. Yeah, right. He wasn't inverted doing that. Oh, no. And the legs weren't behind his head, right? I mean, it was nope. like. You know, and then check this out, guys. I lived in India for a year. And when I was there before the Internet in the 80s, you could go up and down India, right? I mean, from the tip to the top and back, and you can barely find a physical yoga class. Like 99.9% of all yoga in India has nothing to do with physicality. It has to do with meditation and devotional practices. In other words, practices that address your mind state. Maybe... Maybe they know what modern medicine's just discovering. Like, if you really want wellness, like, look at your mind, man. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's inside there for sure. How, Brian, do you do vipassana uh, frequently? Is that still a, is that a practice of yours? Um, frequently? Yeah, 
for me, it's I, I mean, I, I do the practice almost daily. You know, I'm, I've done, I've went up to do, you know, these are 10 and 20 and 30 day sits where yeah. you're in silence. And, you know, I've done 20 of those. Holy wow. Sh- like 30, you've done 30. Uh, how many 30 days have you done? None. I've done okay. one 20 and Oof. all the rest have done 10 days. 10 is, I can't Gosh. even, I mean, that's goal, goals. Like, wow. I would love to do a 30, but you know, again, you guys know with children, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's different. totally, totally, totally. How, how is the physical pain of a Vipassana? How, how is, I, I really want to do one, but I, I'm, I, I've been practicing meditation. I've been getting up to an hour in the mornings, but how is the physical pain of going through that 10 days, like sitting there? Uh, it's the hardest thing I ever done in my life. Wow. But, um, and, you know, and I'm talking, you know, I almost died in India of hepatitis and there's no doubt that Vipassana was more difficult. Shit. Oh <laughs> so rewarding, right? But, 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 you know, 10 days later, it, it spit you out. You survived, you know, and, and it took me about three of them to get through the physical pain, but you do get through it. It, it is a process, you know, I mean, I think you, you're, every ounce of your being is rejecting this, you know, and part of that rejection process is physical pain. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, it's like what a a heroin addict has to go through when they go to the, um, the treatment center, you know, I mean, you got to go through the withdrawal symptoms, you know, and that's basically what you go through when you get to Vipassana, that physical pain is, is basically detox, man. Just shedding off all that tension and where you're holding the tension in the body too i've heard oh yeah man and it, it's and and basically when you know when you're addicted to something your your being your body your mind it wants that thing and you know so when you're in in vipassana you're no longer feeding your addiction right you're you're basically dealing with the greatest addiction of your life which is the place where your mind dwells. Right? The greatest addiction of your life is the place where your mind dwells. Like I've heard studies that up to 80% of the thoughts you have are the same thoughts you have every single day. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. greatest addiction of your life is the place where your mind dwells. So can you imagine the ferocity of the withdrawal symptoms that you're going to have to go through dealing oh, with this addiction? No. I mean, this is not easy shit, but if the goal is wellness, you know, what's your choice? Right. That's so true. And I I remember you saying that when you found Vipassana, when you did that Vipassana, like that's where you felt the true yoga. No doubt. No doubt. Because before that it was, it was physical, you know, and then what you do when you do the Vipassana is you learn things. It's not things that I could tell you right now. It's not things you could ever teach outside of that situation because, you know, there's no situation on earth. None of you guys can think of a situation on earth that creates the environment that Vipassana creates, right? Number one, um, you're not allowed to talk for 10 days. Number two, you're not allowed to read or write or listen to music or even make eye contact with anybody. So the the level of silence that you achieve is, um, it, you know, it's it's there's no words for that. It's never happened before, right? And then you're meditating for twelve hours a day, which again has never happened before. And and then you go in there and they house you and they teach you and they feed you. 
and it's all on donation basis. They don't charge you a penny for it. I mean, this is the most freakish environment <laughs> on planet Earth, right? And so, you know, what you achieve in that environment, they won't even teach you the Vipassana until the fifth day or the fourth day, oh, wow. right? So because you need that four days to create some space between um, wherever you were before you came to Vipassana and this point four days into it where they're going to actually teach you Vipassana, right? And what you do there, you know, is not something you could ever teach outside of that scenario because you need that scenario to achieve what they're going to be getting you to achieve. It's, 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 it's really, really mind-blowing. But what I learned there um, was what yoga really is and the stuff that I needed to bring into my physical practice to make my physical practice yoga. Otherwise, it wasn't yoga. It was just calisthenics from India. Yeah, just, just movements just movements that you learn without the intention behind it. Did, did the Vipassana spawn you? Like how long were you teaching yoga before you went to Vipassana or was it vice versa? No, no. My first Vipassana, I was 24 and I started teaching at 20. So okay. I've been teaching for four years already and been practicing for nine years. Okay. Okay, so so that's the little timeline there. And did you already have a yoga studio? Or were you already a studio owner when you did your first vipassana, or was that like kind of like projected you into like I need to bring this to more people? Um, no, I was probably t teaching at a at that time they didn't even have yoga studios. Wow. Okay. There was no yoga studio. I was probably teaching at a gym. Nah. Wow. Yeah. And then and then so from the gym you do the vipassana. And then, so you mentioned that the, the Vipassana was donation-based. And I know that um, Santa Monica Power Yoga was donation-based. What was the thinking behind, like, transitioning to, like, you getting into the yoga studio space? Were all, like, how many yoga studios have you owned? Um, all together, uh, one, two, three, three. Three. And were they all donation-based or just yeah. Santa Monica? They were. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So can you give us the, the mentality? Because I do donation-based things in my community, and I'm just curious to hear from, like, I think the guy that started donation-based. Like, like what was the mindset thinking when you started that? And, um, like, can you give us a little bit of insight on that? Well, I, you know, I came out of Vipassana, and, um, you know, they, they run their whole deal on donation, and it, I, you know, I just wanted to cry, man. I just wanted to cry. I'm like, you know, it's, it's giving instead of taking. It's like they really want me to be well, you know? It's like they're not saying, listen, you know, in order for you to do this, you have to give me this, you know? Like, they're like, no, we want you to be well. Here, take this. And um, if you'd like to give to the next person, because you're already done, then when the Vipassana is over with, you're free to donate. And I was like, I just wanted to cry, you know? And I was like, I was crying actually at that point. And I was like, why can't it be like this in the world? You know, why can't we care more about people than their money? You know, why can't we give instead of take what's stopping this from happening in other businesses? Right. And especially a yoga studio, which, you know, is, you know, really there's never been in all the history of yoga, 
you know, up to, you know, modern times, it, there was never a charge for it. I mean, there's Jesus didn't right. charge for his teachings and Buddha didn't charge for her teachings. Mother Teresa didn't charge. And, you know, when you charge money, then you're you're alienating the people who can't afford it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Could, could you imagine them like doing workshops like Jesus and Mother Teresa? They're like, you know, 200 hour workshop by Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> kind of ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's it's really, you know, I so I was just thinking, man, why can't we do this in the world? And I couldn't think of a reason why we couldn't do it in the world. So I, I basically made a men- mental note that, you know, when I open my own studio, I'm going to do it. And that's exactly what I did. That's amazing. That's so cool that you took the initiative to do that. And then like all all obviously abundance and everything comes from not like, Hey, you're required to pay me X. Like I just want people to feel good. And I know that by, you know, this is me speaking, I guess, I guess for you, but like living your life of service that everything's going to come back full circle and support you family and all that stuff. Like that's my mentality. I'm assuming the same for you, something like that. Yeah. You know, it it even says it in the Bible, doesn't it? Like if you give, it'll come back a hundred times or something like that. Yeah. The question is who's got the balls to try. Right. Right. Who's going to, who's going to be, who's going to do it? Like, who's going to own it and just say like, do it. Who's got the cojones? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who's got them, man? Who has got them? And where did you like, okay, so there was no. We'll we'll link, we'll link cojones in the show notes. So you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You don't. Brian, but there was no teacher trainings like back in the day, like right there. You didn't, there was no 200 hour teacher training. So like, where did your, like, where did you learn? yoga or to teach yoga like who was your teacher well you know the i don't call it teaching yoga i call it sharing yoga and everybody has everybody has the right to share anything they want to share especially the things that um, make them feel good the things that benefit them so listen if if you're uh you know your uh your grandma's got this amazing tamale recipe I love me tamales. Oh right? my gosh, yes. If she's an amazing tamale recipe and she passed this recipe to you and, you know, one of your friends is over and was like, you know, um, you know, I'm looking for a tamale recipe, um, you know, and you say, hey, you know, uh, you know, I got one. I got one from my grandma, you know. I mean, you don't have to go through a tamale teacher's training, do you? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not sure that they have those. That should be something, <laughs> though, maybe. Share your grandma's recipe if you want, and then the person you share it with is also free to add a little bit more hot sauce or take away a little hot sauce, and so they can kind of fuck with your recipe to fit them, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's all that's going on, you know, and it, you know, it's, that's what I did, man. I was just like, Hey, I'm, I lift my arms up and I inhale and I exhale, I bend over and it makes me feel good. Here you try. Yep. And then that's how it starts. And that's, that's it. it. You know I mean? The teacher's trainings, you know I mean? Obviously it's a, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a concentrated, you know, period of time spent on developing the skills and focusing on the the aspects of sharing yoga that, you know, might be helpful to focus on. But, you know, ultimately, um, you know, over the years of teaching, uh, you know, you're going to gain that experience as well. So, um, you know, teachers trainings, I understand them, Um, you know, partially they're there for people to make money and and there can be some benefit, but um, it's not a necessary thing. That's, that's so true. 
And I get this question a lot. And I'm a, I'm a newer yoga teacher. I mean, I've been teaching a little over two years. So like when I get these questions asked, you know, I always have to just, you know, ask someone else sometimes or tell them like, hey, maybe you need to ask someone, you know, that that has been around a little bit longer. But I heard you say in an interview about like if you're a new teacher, just teach. Right. It's like just just teach. Why not? You know, we listen this this whole, you know, there's a whole mentality about, you know, now we got the yoga alliance and, and, um, all the, you know, this is what Americans do to things, you know, I mean, we basically, um, you know, we create all this red tape and all this bureaucracy and all these rules and all the, this shit's been passed down from teacher to student to teacher for the past four or five, 6,000 years. There's never been a yoga alliance. We don't need it now. Right. You know, yeah, um, it's like, it's like the yoga police. Rule. Just let me, let me, you know, let me, let me ask you, how do you systematize the dissemination of love? Gosh, I wouldn't even know. That's, like you can't. That's deep. That's deep, <laughs> like, shouldn't, be, shouldn't, shouldn't a teacher be able to look at the person in front of them and figure out like, what's the best way for this person to receive the information and then give it to them in that way, rather than have to having, to, it's like a yoga pose rather than having to do it one way or the right way, you know? So, you know, right. teachers' trainings are great for information, but, you know, you the, the, the student has to remember that, you know, what they learn in there are not rules. They're just suggestions. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And it's, a, it's really a personal practice. I mean, the best teachers that I've taken classes from have, like, their own solid personal practice. They're practicing, you know, daily or at least four or five times a week. Like, they're really practicing, you know, compared to just, you know, reading something or learning some yoga anatomy. And that's great to learn yoga anatomy and learn all that stuff. But like, are you physically practicing? Are you working on things? Yeah, that's the most important because that's where you do all the real learning. Because, you know, if you think about it, you know, the goal of yoga is, you know, to be enlightenment, you know, and enlightenment means, you know, to shine a light on something. And the reason for that is because you can't see when it's dark. You can only see when it's light, right? And in order to see, you know, you have to pay attention to what you're doing, right? You have to quiet down your mind, right? Because you can't pay attention to what you're doing if you're thinking about other things. So your mind gets really quiet. And when your mind gets really quiet, you know, you can't believe that the the stuff that starts to come, it's almost like you're a human receiver and like you start to understand things and all this stuff that you understand, which you'll eventually share as a teacher, all that stuff you understand, you know, is coming through your yoga practice yourself. So, you know, what you're saying is true. I mean, you got to have a solid practice to have something of any legitimacy to offer. Yeah, you can't pour. I always say that you can't pour from the empty cup. You can't pour from the empty cup. So if you're not filling your cup with your own practice, whether it be, you know, meditation or asana with, you know, yoga poses, whatever it is, if there's not some mindfulness based practice, how can you teach that to somebody like and I went through this struggle uh, a couple of years ago when I was in a transitional stage in my life where I wasn't practicing as yoga as much. I felt super disconnected, but I was still teaching yoga asana. And I just didn't I was just so disconnected, man. And I, I, I think my students could feel it because I wasn't like holding the space. Like I know that I could, you know? 
I agree, man. I think your students could 100% feel it. And I and I have a feeling if you would have continued down that path, uh, you wouldn't have many students. Correct. No doubt. Yeah, because they can feel that vibe. Hey, man, Einstein's most famous quotes was, all wisdom comes from experience. Everything else is just information, right? Like if you're not literally, you know, in it, doing it, you really have nothing to offer. Nothing. You're just a parrot. You know, you're a parrot repeating shit you heard, but you don't even know if it's true. Nah, you just read it on Instagram somewhere in a caption. What do you mean? It's true. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah one, of, one of the best quotes I, I heard on, on a YouTube that you did, like, a, like an interview, it said that practice yoga and, like, the universe will take care of you. And I, I've been, like, saying that quote, and even on the – I think it was like the first or second episode of this. I quoted you and then I couldn't find that on YouTube. And I'm like, holy shit. Did he really say that? And I actually found it today. And you said uh, your teacher told you that, right? Yeah, you got a good memory. My first teacher just, you know, when I was 15 years old and of course back then it just went in one ear and out the other, you know, but you know, looking back, he was so right. He, you know, I never went, I'm a, I'm a, like a, I'm a high, you know, I never went to school past 15 years old. I'm a, basically a junior high school dropout. So, you know, I'm a prime example of this, you know, like, and my teacher said to me, he said, Brian, just do your yoga and everything else will be taken care of. And yes. he was so right. You know, I mean, here I am 55, you know, four kids living in a, in a wonderful house in a wonderful neighborhood. Um, and you know, it's all worked out, you know, and, 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 you know, it, I've had my yoga practice. I, I feel that's been the catalyst. That's so that the point that that about like evolution of like your life from being junior dropping out of school or essentially, but being able to maintain a practice for this long and that everything along the way is just taking care of itself is astounding, amazing. And that's how it really, that's how, that's the yoga working. Like that's how the yoga is really working. That's it right there. Yeah, that is it. You know, but you know, it's not, I don't like to emphasize that because you know, that's, it's kind of esoteric, right? Like just do yoga. First of all, you're basically saying, Hey, believe me. And I don't want anybody in the world to ever believe me. Right. Because I don't want that responsibility. I want people to understand how things are going to work. And, and I want them to understand it themselves. I want it to make sense to them. Then they're motivated to work on it. If I just said, hey, do yoga and everything else in your life will be taken care of. They're like, yeah, how does that work? And you really, you really can't explain that to them. So I don't even focus on that. But it, it really has been my truth. You know, what I try to focus is on just the shit that makes sense. And to me, all this stuff makes sense. It's so, it's so true. I mean, I can totally relate to, you know, practicing yoga and the universe takes care of the rest. Like I started my Instagram back in 2016 just to make fun of yoga. Like I didn't have a yoga practice. I just saw one of my friends doing a yoga challenge and she was doing yoga like on her bed, on her kitchen table. And I'm like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. People really do this. So I'm like, I'm going to start an Instagram just to make fun of yoga. I didn't have a yoga practice. So I was out of shape. And as I made fun of yoga, like I started doing yoga challenges and working with other with teachers. I wasn't, didn't know anything about it. And then I went to a yoga studio because I'm like, I, I have Instagram. Like I should probably learn about yoga to make fun of it more. And then yoga took my ass. Like I, it changed my life 180 degrees since I started practicing yoga. 
I mean, just, just the whole mental space of my life and, and just how I thought, think and law of attraction stuff. I mean, that, I can go into, that, that's way down the rabbit hole, but like, I hundred percent agree with you. Like if you just practice yoga, like you're going to have a, a change in your mental state and that's going to change your life somehow. Like it's, you're, you're going to change. No doubt. It. You can explain to people like, you know, you can explain to people like, you know, how it works and then they can say, oh, yeah, you know, I want to give it a try. You know, you can't really explain Kundalini, you know, I mean, you don't I mean, know. <laughs> do you believe that if you walk into a marketplace and you blow yourself up, seven virgins are waiting for you in heaven? Right. I mean, uh, no. <laughs> if you believe that, then why would you believe in chakras? Right? Yeah. I'm, I'd be like, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not. Yeah. Why would you believe in Kundalini? I mean, it's like, it's like, why would you believe in something you've never seen? And you know, why would we criticize these other people for their beliefs if, in our own way, we're doing the same damn thing? You know, this doesn't even. Ha it doesn't have to be anything esoteric. It, it, it's really simple. You know, I mean, you can't take care of a place that you don't touch. So you have all these creative movements that are focused on touching all these places. The harder you are in anything, the faster you destroy it. So you got to make sure you touch these places gentle, right? In order to be gentle, you have to tune into your experience because gentleness will always be changing according to the situation. You know, are you old? Are you injured? Are you pregnant? You know, what's going on right now? So in order to be gentle, you have to tune in. Whenever you tune into something, your mind becomes quiet. Right. When your mind becomes quiet is the only state in the world that you can truly relax. Relaxing is the opposite of stressing. Stressing is doing the body the most damage. So right there, you got the healthiest. I mean, you know, the, it, it just that's the rabbit hole, but it's a rabbit hole that makes sense. It does. It does. And it just it really comes down to like the more I practice yoga, the more I have love and acceptance of myself, the more self-study like for me and the, yes. the better I can deal with. Cause when times get tough, like I still fucking get mad and like, it's still like road rage happens, you know, but those are getting better as I practice yoga. Like those times are getting better. So it's like, it really is just progress. I agree with you, you know, but that now you have to be able to say to you, you know, like someone you're saying that to, you know, because a uh, born again, Christian will say the same thing. You know, you know, Jesus saved me from my rage and this and that and the other thing, you know. Oh, true. So the thing is, is now I, everything you said is true for you. And it's actually been true for me, too. Now you got to be able to say why. Right. You got to be able to say and the reason is right, because, you know, people are, are, are I think are tired of, you know, hearing these. You know, my, because everybody's got their own practice, you know, every, you know, every chiropractor will tell you they can heal you. Every acupuncturist, everybody's got this thing that works for them. And people are, are basically, they've tried a million things and they're kind of sick of it. You know, they want to know, okay, this, this works for you. Why does this make road rage less intense for you? You know, why does this work for you? Because if you can explain to them why it works and they understand it, they're like, oh, shit, that makes sense. I want to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. It's and, and it's so true. And it's like so simple, too. It's like br my breath, you know, and I learned that in yoga and I can learn that walking and I can come to your class and like take those jewels that that you you taught in terms of, you know, I can make my yoga shit like 
you know, it's just that constant coming back to the breath for me, for me. Yeah, I get it. I totally, totally get it. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on, I'm on board, dude. You sold me. Where do I sign up? <laughs> We're having a teacher. Well, training. I have a 200 hour training. Yeah. If you want to know, just kidding. Just kidding. You know what? I think that, you, know, you might see me in there because, you know, I mean, just between me and you and, uh, I guess the whole world now, cause and the, you know, and the million people listening to this, exactly, you know, um, uh, I've never done a teacher's training. I mean, I've never no. done a 200 hour. So, uh, no, but, you know, but now you're going to do ours. Because, uh, I'll tell you something, man. Uh, I don't know what I do without that yoga alliance accreditation. <laughs> You're too funny. You're too funny, Brian, man. I appreciate your humor. You know, your humor. Um, I Before I even started, we started making funny content on the internet, uh, my, on my account or on Brian's account. Like, I had, you would come to some, uh, I live in Boca Raton, Florida. So you used to come here for Thanksgiving class. You know what I'm talking about, Yoga South at James yeah, Keeger's place. Yeah, I'm there every year. But Except this year, you're not there because I was going to come and you're not on the schedule. Unless you're coming and it's it's not on the schedule yet or something. That so I don't know about. I'm not going to be – I'm actually going to be in Florida in the first half of November. But then I'm actually going to actually for the first time in 15 years be in uh, be home for Thanksgiving instead of Florida. Instead of Boca Raton where I, where I live and I was going to come hang out. But oh, that's okay. okay. <laughs> it's all right. I missed my boat the last four years when I lived down here before you were here. But, you know, it's like – doing that and like being in this space and doing the trainings, it's like, do we, you know, where do we, where do we go from there? Like, do we need to do a training? Like do people need to do a training? Like, if you're a new yoga teacher, like you can just share the yoga, you know, what, what advice could you give if someone is out there? Like I want to teach yoga. What do I do? If they asked you that question, Brian, what would you say to them? I would say, do you practice yoga? And they probably would say yes. And then I would say, do you benefit from your practice? And they probably would say Yes. And then I would say, well, then why don't you just share with people the things that you do that bring you benefit? And um, most likely it'll bring them benefit as well. That's it. And then the more you share, the better you get at sharing, right? Because there's a learning curve, you know, just like in anything. Even if you do a teacher's training, you know, you're not going to necessarily be the teacher that you will be in 10 years when you walk out of that teacher's training. There's a learning curve. So, you know, regardless of whether you do a teacher's training or not, you know, there's going to be a learning curve, but you got to start somewhere. And there's no reason you can't start even without a teacher's training, because even though it's probably going to be changing, because this is what us Americans do, um, right now, there is no laws pertaining to whether you can teach yoga um, with or without a, a, a teacher's training, like anybody can teach yoga right now. Mm hmm. Yep, as long as you can talk. Now, not to yoga talk. yoga as science as has really sunk their claws into this, and people, you know, because it fits the program that we all been indoctrinated in growing up in this culture. You know that people should have a certificate or a degree and all this shit. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of gyms out there. There's a lot of studios that might not let you teach unless you have your 200 hour or something like that. But um, the truth is, is that there's no laws pertaining to that. And, you know, the, this 200-hour thing, this, this yoga, I mean, who? first of all, you know, no one even knows who these people are and who whoever gave them the right to, make, to create this curriculum for people. I mean, who are these people? I don't know. You know, who right. gave them the right 
need to create a yoga alliance curriculum, you know, and, and then how does that really benefit people? You know, I mean, I know maybe their intentions were, were benevolent, you know, maybe they thought, you know, we want to, we want to keep all the quacks out of yoga by making sure that yoga teachers at least have a certain level of education behind them before they start sharing this stuff. So you can kind of understand maybe what their mentality was, but you know, my mentality is that since when does having a certificate keep the quacks out? It doesn't. <laughs> I think the certificate actually empowers the quack, quack because now you now you believe this person because they have a certain. I mean, look at look at the, the the Catholic priests. They all go through seminary school. They all have a certificate, and look what the fuck they've done to to all the little boys. I mean, because we trusted them because they had a certificate. I mean, anybody can have a certificate if they have a good memory, because all you need is a good memory to get a certificate, because that's all testing is, is it's repeating back information that was given to you, right? So anybody on earth can get a certificate. So certificates don't really keep the quacks out. What certificates do is they empower the quacks. Because now you're trusting people who maybe you shouldn't trust because they have a certificate. So I don't believe it works. I really believe that anybody should have the right to share this stuff and, you know, let the student who's getting the information decide whether they like it or not. And I think more, more people would be teaching, too. Uh, you know, other people, maybe teaching their mom, teaching their grandma. And, and that's where you should start. You know, you start teaching family and friends, you know, or anybody who's asking you and, um, and take it from there. You know, that's how I started. You know, someone just said, Hey, what are you doing? Um, you know, will you share this? And I was like, well, this is what I do. And I'll be happy to share it. You know, cause again, there was no teacher's trainings back then. Who was who your right. teachers? Well, I started, you know, I started, like I told you guys with David Williams, who was the first person to bring Ashtanga yoga to the entire world outside of India. I was fortunate enough to be in his, his class. And um, then I actually moved to India for a year, and I um, studied with his teacher, which which is basically the guy that created Ashtanga Yoga. His name was Patabi Joyce. Yeah. And um, and then you know then I went to uh, to Vipassana Meditation, which is uh, a guy named S. N. Goenka, and started uh, studying that. So, and 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 of course, you know, the main teacher is um, my own yoga practice. Uh. Yeah, because it evolves, That's right? The main. I mean, your yoga practice. Yeah, it totally evolves, and you start to watch what's going on, and you learn from it, and you know, you share it with your students. You know, I mean, you beat yourself up up every day, and you know, eventually you realize, no, that doesn't work, and all of a sudden, you're teaching gentleness, and then the people who are receiving that message notice every relationship in their entire life is improving because all relationships benefit when you become more gentle. So. You know, but yes. but it didn't happen until I beat the shit out of myself, right? So <laughs> that's right. You know, I tell my students this all the time, or I've said this story a few times, where you know, if you're if you experience something in yoga or, or whatever it is, and you're able to be a little bit kinder, and then you go to Starbucks or wherever it is you get your coffee, right? And you smile at the barista, right? And the barista's having a shit day. And the barista smiles and he's like, oh man, like that guy made me feel good. And then the barista passes that on to the next customer that got something. And that customer tells their, shows a smile to their boss. And then, you know, the trickle effect all the way down, that one smile that you had because you're feeling good and gentle has traveled halfway around the world uh, to someone else that you don't, you would never even know about because of that first smile that you had. 
You know, it's contagious. Oh, we're gonna. I'm gonna call you Gandhi Junior. <laughs> Wasn't that Gandhi's famous quote? Be the change that you want to be, because it can't change yeah. in the world if it doesn't change in me. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually that's very true. It's very true. You know, I guess I got a new name, guys. You know, I'm looking at the time. I know you guys got to wrap up soon, so yeah. yeah. Let me just let's let's end it right with uh who's the most famous yoga teacher in the entire world right now? Brian Kest? <laughs> no, I wish, but no. There, <laughs> we we're ending uh, it right there. The Brian the Kest, famous most famous. Is it, <laughs> yeah, she would just cut it cut the recording. Just cut the tape. Uh, <laughs> so we got we got a little bit we yeah, got a little got, more got time. Brian, you still got like 10 more minutes. minutes. You got 10 time. more minutes? Yeah. Yes. Brian Kess, you got 10, Brian? Yes. Okay, I... cool. Cool. Uh, famous, most famous yoga teacher in the world. I don't know. Give me the answer, Brian Kest. Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, I had a feeling that's what you were going to go with, but I was like, eh, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, okay. because, man, I mean, Donald Trump is basically, and especially with the yoga community, right? Donald, first of all, Donald Trump is showing all of us how fucking judgmental we are. Right. I mean, listen to this, dude. Can you imagine how a nanny, how a nanny can love a baby the same as a mother loves a baby? I mean, would you not have compassion for little baby Donald Trump, who was raised by fucking nannies instead of a mother and received absolutely no love in his life? You would have tears coming down your eyes of compassion if you ever saw a little child not being loved. Right? Can you imagine that from your own kids, right? So there's wow. Donald Trump. There's a little baby that's never been loved. And this is what he ends up being, right? He ends up being who he is right now, right? But where's all the compassion now? And we're the yogis, right? We're the yogis. And the yoga community is the most judgmental and critical of all the all the communities. Yeah. Right? I mean, didn't listen, the nails were going into his hands and he said, do not judge them. And, and we walk around judging everything every fucking day. Right? And That's all true, Donald man. Trump is is a reflection of ourselves, right? Because yes. all we're, Everything, listen, this is science, right? Like attracts like. You draw to you that of which you are. You can't see anything on earth that's not coming from you. So if you want Donald Trump to go away, then you got to eradicate the qualities within you that are creating Donald Trump. Right? And when Donald Trump comes on and does his crazy stuff, you know, you have an opportunity to stop feeding the sick mind of judgment and criticism. Because you're not hurting him, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting you. You're hurting yourself, what man. What you're doing is you're strengthening those sick qualities. Every time you have a judgmental thought, you strengthen judgment. Every time you have a critical thought, you strengthen criticism, right? Because this is universal law. If you give it food, it becomes strong. And if you stop giving it food, it starves and dies. So the biggest question in yoga is, what the fuck are you feeding? Right. What do you feed 24-7 and you don't even know you're feeding it because they taught you math, history, and science, but they never taught you the greatest factor in your entire life is the place where your mind dwells. So next time that guy gets on TV or on Twitter or whatever he does and he says what he says, I mean, notice your tendencies. Why don't you send him love instead of fucking criticism? Because if you go up to Donald Trump's face and you judge him, he's going to puff up his chest and say, fuck you. 
What are you going to do? Puff up <laughs> bigger and say fuck you back, and then you're both, <laughs> then you're both touching it out, right? I mean, if this guy's yep. gonna, if this guy's going to soften, man, the whole world should be sending him love, not hatred. So true, right? And I know, that. right in the heart, man. Yeah, you need to vote for the guy, but but you know what? Right now, we have an opportunity to face this 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 shit with dignity and to face it like a yogi. Or to just slip into our reactive mode. So true. You know, and most of the yoga community is the most judgmental, critical community I know. I, you know, they'll criticize you about your diet. They'll criticize you. You know, it's like, it's just craziness. It's like, you know, we got to start owning the shit. It's like, like you said, that gentleness. Gentleness. Right, man. Who's, who's really practicing? Are you just doing these stupid movements? <laughs> Yeah, you're just doing the. the are you doing a hundred chat a hundred chaturangas, but no, with no mindset about it, just doing it, just doing them for fun. Yeah. You gotta get strong. Yeah, yeah. that's when you realize you can't do a hundred, then you start judging and criticizing yourself. Yep, because you blew your shoulder out. Yeah, it's like, oh fuck, I'm I'm a, you know I'm weak. The other guy can do it, and I can't do it. You know, it's it's the same shit. You're just bringing it into yoga now. Yeah, true. Yeah, I. Wow. My, Mother Teresa said something that like she would never support like the fight against something like say the fight against drugs or the fight against this because just that fight intention like she she wouldn't support something like that so it's really like like coming back to that gentleness like sending love to people love and acceptance I mean you're totally she said she basically I think they wanted her to criticize some. You know, they wanted her to be against something. And she, her her quote was like, I'm against nobody. Ah, that's awesome. You know, I'm against nobody, you know. And so, and I get that, you know. It's like, it doesn't work. That's, listen, that's the way things have been happening from time immemorial, you know. That's where wars come from. So true. You know, yeah. it's like, that. you know, the reason these great beings came to the planet to share this message with us is to get us... To, to, to look at things from another perspective, you know? I mean, speaking of Gandhi, look at, you know, you know, he fought a war against the most powerful nation in the world at that time, and he won with no violence, right? He didn't throw a punch. He didn't throw a punch. Not a one. He didn't, but he didn't back down. He got right in their face, and then he sat down, and he said, we're not going to move until you leave. And the greatest nation on earth faded away right in front of him. I mean, it's the greatest example of yoga. Yeah, that that's right the yoga. by the leader. You know, you know, the examples are all around us. But uh, you know, I mean, at one point or another, you know, we got to start practicing, man. It's so easy to slip into that old mentality. Yeah, the old the old archaic ways, you know, it's love and compassion. That's why the goal of yoga is enlightenment because it's only when the light goes on that you can see. And when you start to see how you are, you can stop doing the shit that's hurting you. Cut that shit out, man. Cut it out. Right. Like you, like, you know, you're, you you know, you're looking at yourself naked in the mirror and you're having judgmental and critical thoughts about your own body, you know, and then all of a sudden you wake up and say, holy shit. I'm judging myself. Yep. Yep. I couldn't be doing anything more sick in my life than having self-loathing thoughts. Yeah. Let me stop. Let me stop. And and then what happens is that that muscle of judgment becomes weaker because you're no longer feeding it. Right. This is called killing the enemy. 
right? You start to recognize that the enemy is inside of you. You stop giving the enemy food and the enemy starves and dies. Exactly. How else do you that shit out of you? Exactly. It's like what you put your focus and attention on. That's what you're going to get. And like how you said, you come to yoga, you're going to make yoga shit if you're bringing that intention there. You know, and when you start like, and you do vipassana, you start becoming aware your thoughts are. You start you you're blown away at where you're actually putting your focus and attention. You realize that you know every enemy in your life is actually inside of you. Yeah, yeah, not outside of you. The outside is just a reflection of the inside. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and especially with yoga, it's like that self. Well, well. You know, the journey is self, at least for me. And like I remember in that master class, you were saying like, you know, we look at the media, we look at commercials and they say, you're not shit. Like you need this to feel better. You need this to feel better. And it's like, you know, like really encom- embodying the yogi, the yoga. It's like, you're fuck. I think you said something like, if you look at a sunset, like that sunset's beautiful as shit, you know, and you're, you're, you're beautiful as shit. Because you're the same as the sunset. You're that's nature in your nature. Why why can you see the beauty of the sunset but you can't look ah, in the mirror? The you beauty? can't see it within right? yourself when you look in the mirror, man. And the reason is is because of the like you just said, that the the input that's put in in front of you by these corporations that are more interested in making money than wellness. Yeah, than actually helping you, than actually making you feel better. Yeah. You know, they don't give a shit about you. All they care about is money because they, just like us, they've been brainwashed into thinking that if you're rich, you'll be happy. But there's not even any proof that wealthy people are healthier and happier. No, I it's, think it's that. You know, yeah, there's no, there's no truth to that. No way. You know, money can't buy you happiness. It buy you some nice things maybe along the way, but it's not going to buy you the happiness. You know, that's an inward journey, man. There's actually this study that says after you have enough money to lift you out of poverty, money contributes to happiness. Nothing. No, I believe it. I yeah. But it's crazy. And so all these corporations, they're giving you these messages because they even hire psychologists to design the commercials. Um, to make you feel so inadequate about yourself that you have an urge to buy their. It's, this is capitalism gone fucking <laughs> crazy. Fucking nuts. <laughs> it, it, and it's not. And it's nuts. Like I, I was researching, you know, just with meditation. When you hit a certain meditation, the flow state—that's when you're in theta and alpha state, where like it's right there in your subconscious. Like TV, watching TV gets you in that theta alpha flow state, so it's getting straight to your subconscious and like you affecting your mind. Downloading the program. You're in alpha mentality and look at the shit. And that doesn't even count. That doesn't even count the stupid TV shows in between the commercials. <laughs> like, like take, a, take the most popular TV show in the world right now, like Games of Thrones, right? Like, look what the fuck you're putting into your head. The entire, the violence, the sexism. You know, women are walking around complaining about being viewed as sex toys. But half the audience of the Game of Thrones is women. They're supporting this shit when every girl on that show is prancing around half naked like a fucking sex toy. You know, and all the men are big, strong, and violent. I mean, this is the shit you're putting in. And then you're wondering why United States of America is the most violent culture on planet Earth. Yeah, there's no doubt why. You know, we have all this shit going on. And but look at our TV shows. I mean, it's you know this this is what we're constantly putting in our head. 
I'm I'm saying turn off the fucking television completely. Ninety yeah. percent of the stories on the news are negative. Nine oh. percent of it is gossip, and there's only one percent of what you really need to know. Turn the fucking news off. I, I'm yeah, so turn the fucking news off and listen to the Yogi Show. That's buddy. it, man. That's it. it. I'm with you, Brian. I, I go, go to PowerYoga.com. Yeah, just do that. <laughs> I convinced my. Yeah, do that. I, I've been. I haven't watched the news in forever. Ever, ever, ever. And and I told my mom, the same thing you just said, Brian, about like, you know, 90% totally negative, 9% gossip, 1% like maybe good. And uh, she finally told me the other day, like she stopped watching the news and uh, and she's noticing a difference. And I just, it made me so happy that, you know, she finally saw it, you know, like someone can tell you something so many times, but when someone, you finally realize something that's like, like toxic, that's where I was just like magical for me. So thank you for reminding me of that, Brian. Appreciate that, man. So you're welcome. Absolutely, so man. important. So let's wrap this thing up. Um, appreciate your time, Mr. Kest. We have a little. Uh, we we call it like the hashtag the lighten up round. It's a few like random questions, totally random, random as shit, and uh, just the answer off the top of your head. No like deep thought. You know what I'm saying? You with me yes. on that? Okay, cool. Brian, you ready for this? You know, okay, I'm ready. I don't know how fast my mind, you know, with all the, I'm ready right now with all the THC in my system, you know, things moving forward. So give me, give me a second to answer. Yeah, we'll give you a second, man. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Who would make a better yoga teacher, Brian Kest? Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck? Uh, Mickey Mouse. I mean, no, Donald Duck for sure. <laughs> all the THC is coming out. Donald Duck. <laughs> Donald Duck for sure. It's the voice. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who can do a better handstand? Mateo or Jonah? Uh, Mateo for sure. Oh, oh. Jonah's pissed. Jonah, we're, hey, we're going to get Jonah on the show. He's going to be pissed. <laughs> Yogi Brian, you go shoot one. All right. What's your, what's your go-to cla- like joke in class? Like, What's your favorite joke? Like, Do you have a certain joke you love? Um, you know, I don't even, I don't, I never tell a joke. I always just talk about reality and it's just really fucking funny. Like, uh, <laughs> well, if you, if, if, uh, if you come to my, if you want Kundalini shooting up your asshole, like you can be a human lightning bolt. You're in the wrong fucking place. <laughs> That's a pretty good one right there, man. That's a pretty good one. Okay. One more, one more. Uh, Brian, if, if you could take a yoga class from a celebrity as the teacher, who would it be? If I could take a yoga class from a celebrity, I would have to say Donald Trump. Oh, oh. all right. Donald Trump. I like that, man. I like that. Dude, that, that would be a pretty That would be an interesting cool class. class. Donald Trump. That'd be an interesting class. Well, That's what, pretty- what what yoga would do you think Donald Trump would teach? Like what style? Uh Bikram. <laughs> all the money Bikram I love it man all the love- money and all the mirrors I love it all, all the right? mirrors all the money oh my gosh what, man. What, do you think Donald Trump will wear a Speedo wait is Donald Trump wearing Bikram's uh, silver Speedo he'll for sure wear a Speedo the, the gold one or the silver one probably the gold one it's gold plated dude <laughs> oh. the, the- of that was if he's teaching yoga maybe he's practicing and then there's hope right yeah that's right man maybe we'll get him on the show you can come on the show we'll have donald trump we'll have brian cast on we'll yeah. talk to him and jonah and jonah even though he's pissed jonah. even though he's pissed 
Jo- yeah, you know, jo- Jonah's, uh, he's a, you know, let me, let me kiss his ass a little bit here, you guys. He's, uh, <laughs> let me tell you something about Jonah, you know, Jonah was three years old and he, they, they grew up in Michigan. They came to visit me. Um, Jonah was three years old and I separated him from his father. I took him out on into a little, you know, we have a little kind of shopping neighborhood called the third street promenade. And, um, I had my shoulders and I said to him, I said, Jonah, you know, I said, I'll buy you anything you want from any one of these stores. You know, what do you want? And I was, you know, there's toy stores and clothes stores and candy stores. And, you know, I was getting ready for, you know, whatever he wanted. I, you know, I'm uncle Brian, he's coming to visit me. I want the dude to like me. I'm going to buy him anything he wants. And he looks at, this is, I didn't look at me because he was on my shoulders, but he's three years old. You know what he says to me? Hmm. He says, I have everything I need, Uncle Brian. I don't need anything. Wow. <laughs> you find nice. me another three-year-old that's going to say something like that. Man, I don't think there's one out there. When my oh. son's three, I'm going to ask him. He's going to tell me some shit that's not that. <laughs> you know, handstands don't matter. They really don't matter at all. I mean, they're not going to change your life in any way, shape, or form. If anything, it's just going to inflate your ego. But I'll tell you something. They're... You know, when it comes to physical stuff, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to be able to hold a candle to Mateo. Ah, I'm gonna have to check his YouTube. You know, we're gonna link his YouTube channel in the show notes on the website. We're gonna link it so we can check it out. Jonah unfortunately got the cast body. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, Mateo got my ex-wife's body, and it, yeah. um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more athletic. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Brian, thank you so much for taking the time, brother, to connect with us and uh, and be here on The Yogi Show. This has been a really great time. I know there's a lot of value for the listeners out there, and um, you know we, we appreciate you so much, man. It's been a great time. Thank you, guys. I had a lot of fun hanging with you, and I sincerely wish you two the best. I wish this podcast the best, and um, I look forward to another time. All right, man. Thank we- you so much. Yeah, let's get you on another time, and we'll, we're going to come see you. And yeah. one of these master classes in the future, Pedro definitely needs to come to your definitely, class. Definitely, definitely. Just, just skip the Thanksgiving and come to Boca Raton again, and I'll be there, bro. <laughs> All right, bro. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Adios. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to the Yogi Show podcast. Tell your friends. Tell everybody about the podcast. We would appreciate that so much. We would. We would appreciate that so much. Share the podcast to anybody that you think would benefit from it. Please visit theyogishow.com for all the show notes. Thank you, Brian Kess, for being on the show today. Poweryoga.com. Visit him on a master class. It's amazing. And special thanks to DJ Taz Rashid for providing the music today on The Yogi Show. Remember, gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Namaste. Namaste.